0: morning, and our apologies for cutting into background briefing there. This is Community Pulse, your local report on the coronavirus pandemic here in mid-Missouri. Current time is 9.01 a.m. on this Wednesday, the 12th of August. Again, we apologize for the rough transition there, but we have a very special guest this morning. Representative Kip Kendrick uh, of the Missouri State House, representing the 4th District, is here to be interviewed by host Ginny Chadwick about the state budget during the COVID pandemic. So, Representative Kendrick, we're so very glad that you could join us this morning. Thank you so much for being on Community Pulse.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Kip, good morning, and, and thank you to our listeners at KOPN. Just to give a little bit of background on where we are with the COVID-19 virus within the state of Missouri, we currently have um, approached over 62,000 cases identified in Missouri and 1,114 new cases identified yesterday. Um, We're averaging about 12 deaths per day in the state of Missouri for COVID-19, and our average cases are hovering right around 1,000. What we are seeing is um, a slight and continued increase in our positive test rates. um, our seven-day positive test rate was at 12.4% for the state of Missouri. And then, um, Kip, just to, to clarify, um, represents the 45th district um, in Boone County. And for Boone County, we have um, 1,462 cases identified with 33 new cases identified yesterday. And the County Health Department has added a new statistic on their um, dashboard for those of you who have been watching closely. We now have a 14 day average, which is 21 in Boone County. And that was done um, in part because um, the Columbia Public School District is going to be watching that number very closely and making some important decisions on whether they um, remain um, totally online Potentially as a hybrid model that they're proposing right now, which would be two days in class for 50% of the population, and then two days in class for the other 50%. So it would be a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday rotation, and the other three days online or exclusively online if that case count percent average goes above 50. And those are some considerations that the um, public school is making, and they have to announce that they will be starting on September the 8th. So. Representative Kendrick, as you know, many families across um, the state, and especially in your district and in our district in Boone County are feeling the financial impact of COVID-19 and and that can be in in big ways, right? A lot of people have lost their jobs or it can be in small ways. And and I honestly reached out to you because, you know, in a small way or a big way, I guess, you know, when we look at, at it personally perspective, you know our family was impacted by it. My daughter is a um, a um gets financial aid from the state, and part of her um funding was was cut and I was surprised by that like i wasn't you know I wasn't thinking you know, but my little personal bubble why her bright flight reduction came and so you know bigger question, Kip, can you give us an idea? You know, where is the state budget right now? And, and there's lots of questions that I have, but, but I'd like to hear just what you're thinking as, you know, I, I know you serve on the budget committee as the minority um, chair. Is that the correct title, Kip? So.
1: Uh, ranking minority member, yeah.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so, so give us an overview of what's happening in this critical time.
1: Great. Well, I mean, there's so much going on uh, across all the different spectrums of society that have been impacted by COVID-19. You know, and just looking, drilling into the state budget, um, understanding what the cuts and reduction in revenue means for the state budget, but then also how that trickles out and how that affects people's everyday lives. I mean, you just mentioned it, right? You and your family are going to pay more for College this year because of the bright flight reduction, which is a, a direct result of, of decreased revenue coming in for the state, uh, and that's happening across the board. And whether it be, you know, K-12 K twelve uh, education, you know, Department of Elementary and Secondary Education had 140 plus million dollars withheld from them uh, at the beginning of the fiscal year, and uh, in order to balance the budget, and uh, you know, the federal money that has come down uh, through the Coronavirus Relief Funds. Uh, can be spent specifically on COVID-related expenditures. Some of that federal money doesn't even meet, you know, necessarily fill the losses that have happened at uh, certain school districts around the state because of those withholds. And um, as you can imagine, I'm sure everybody else can imagine, um, you know, COVID-19 and planning for it is is a, a significant cost increase uh, mm-hmm. for these school districts as they lay plans that, as well thought out as they can be, are going to remain very fluid uh, and day-to-day. Um, so, just to kind of give you a top level of where Missouri's budget is right now, You know, I've been in um, the General Assembly now for six years, I've been on Budget Committee for five years, on the Education Appropriations Committee for six years, and served as a ranking minority member uh, on Budget Committee for the last, I guess, four sessions, uh, four years. And, you know, when I talk about the budget in general to any group, whether it be a business group or, you know, you know constituents of mine, I always have couched it in the, the reality of that a decade plus worth of tax cuts. Uh, really that targeted multinational corporations and the wealthiest Missourians has left Missouri in a very difficult situation to fund our priorities. And I always threw out scenarios for years now, throwing out scenarios as we continue to implement these tax cuts and hit triggers for these tax cuts. FY22, uh, I always assumed would be a very difficult budgeting year for the state of Missouri because you assume that there's going to be some type of correction that happens during – you know, that time period, you, you can only see an economy go up for so long. It, it, clearly, it wasn't rising for everyone. But at a macro level, um, the economy, unemployment was going down. Uh, economy, economic situation was getting better. Um, and, you know, little did I know that a pandemic uh, would hit in a massive recession, what very possibly could turn into a depression set in uh, prior to that and is now made F.Y. 21, um, really the last quarter of F.Y. 20, F.Y. 21, and presumably F.Y. 22, very difficult on the state of Missouri. So for the last quarter of the fiscal year 20, um, you know, there were hundreds of millions of dollars that had to be withheld late in the game. And and by the time that you're making those decisions so late in the fiscal year to withhold to have to balance the budget, um, you know, m- there's very little places you can take because most departments have already spent that money. So we saw uh, a majority of those withholds come from uh, higher education, K-12, or um, sorry, uh, public higher education institutions. And then also while those withholds were taking effect for FY20, the budget committee was in, you know, the 11th hour of the FY21 budgeting process where, you know, prior to COVID-19 setting in, we were planning on, um, you know, an increase in revenue expenditures of a little over 1%, about 1.5%, and, and budgeting accordingly. And then when it became clear uh, what was happening with public health and how public health and the economy are so closely intermingled, uh, the Budget Committee and the House and the Senate made um, $700 million in cut to the FY21 budget. I claimed at that time that that was a very unrealistic budget, that $700 million would do get us nowhere close to balancing the budget. And that was the case. Um, you know, day one of the fiscal year, you saw the governor withhold an additional $450 million out of the FY21 budget because the $700 million cuts came nowhere close to fully balancing the budget. Um, but, that $450 million that was withheld, we also received about $170 million in, in Medicaid uh, reimbursement at that time, too. So when you talk $450 million withheld, you should really say $620 million that the governor withheld because that federal money came in at the same time he was making those uh, withholds, and that federal money was – Uh, uh, unrestricted and was able to fill in additional gaps. So really, we were off. So,
2: Kip, to pause there and ask, just so I understand, and, you know, because these are big numbers and big picture, what are the monies that we're getting from the federal government to help in the situation? So I know the CARES Act, but um, can you be specific on the funding that's coming from the feds to the state and how that's helping?
1: That that's a great question. So uh, let's start first with the Family First Act. Was just first round of stimulus was passed back in March? No, before that, mm-hmm. uh, maybe late February. So that the first round of stimulus um, was significant in that it increased by 6.2 percent the FMAP reimbursement. So that Medicaid reimbursement that states get for expenditures increased by 6.2 percent, and that is money that's already you know that's money the state's already spent so that 6.2% comes to us in the form of unrestricted federal dollars and that e- equaled you know roughly at that time around 600 million dollars unrestricted that came in that really helped us um avoid what would have been you know close to a billion dollars in withholds in the final quarter of the fiscal year uh for fiscal year 20 and then the CARES Act came, and the CARES Act, the, the largest portion of the CARES Act funding that came to the state, uh, or any state for that matter, was through the Coronavirus Relief Fund. And for Missouri, that equaled roughly $2.38 billion. And mm-hmm. um, you know of that $2.38 billion, um, immediately from the federal government uh, directly to St. Louis, County and Jackson County, that money flowed directly to them. So, you know, that took Missouri's total that we got in the state treasury down to about $1.8 billion. Shortly after that money was distributed to the state, uh, we then distributed $521 million to the other counties across the state of Missouri uh, as well. And, uh, you know, that CRF pot of money is the biggest pot that we got, and you know, came with some restrictions and little guidance, and you know that those guidance have, have changed um, three different times at this point. And as we look at the impasse currently in the Senate on the next round of a stimulus package or an aid package. It's assumed, um, or at least there's some speculation, if they don't reach an agreement for more aid for states, and if they don't reach that agreement, that'll be a shame. But if they don't, it's possible they go back and amend the CARES Act statute to free up and unrestrict the rest of that coronavirus relief fund. So a tremendous amount of uncertainty and and not a lot of clear direction coming from the federal government um, on how to use those funds. And that trickles all the way down to the local county level where those that money has been distributed. and I know there you know counties across the state are frustrated um, and you know states are for that matter as well.
2: Yeah, and as we know, Boone County is one of the counties that recently had been in the media to have not received any of the cares funding to the health department, right? And so when we talk about how closely public health and the economy are linked, you know, what monies are we putting towards, you know, fully funding our state health department and really making sure, because we know that COVID comes at a cost and that just, you know, providing the testing and the contact tracing is really um, costly to the to the state and to our local community. So, you know, when we talk about big picture numbers, um, Kip, what additional monies has, have gone to our health departments?
1: But so I mean that's an excellent point right there is a there were several attempts um on in the house side definitely to get more money earmarked in the budget for our public health departments we're 50th in the nation in in funding for public health departments and we're not it's not even close we're 50th by um a wide margin um, and it's it 's really a shame. I remember meeting with an epidemiologist uh, at the University of Missouri prior to taking office and talking about it and I remember him specifically saying a pandemic um and you know he was using dengue fever as a as a reference point you know just talking about and he was saying a, a pandemic in the state of Missouri will be very very difficult for us to maneuver with the funding levels where they currently are and and that was you know that was six six and a half, seven years ago at this point, that conversation, and the funding hasn't increased. Um, so the money, the, the $521 million that went out to the counties across the, the state of Missouri, you know, 21 million of that went to Boone County, uh, and it was based on the formula, the same formula that the feds used to distribute the money to St. Louis County, Jackson County. The you know, the state, and it wasn't clear for quite some time, but uh state health director randall williams um, clarified that it would be ultimately up to the counties to distribute the cares act funding the coronavirus relief funding that they received to the local county health departments um and i think you know part of that lack of communication and that lack of clarity on where the money was going to come from uh froze a lot of the county health or county commissioners and commissions across the state but also understanding that there is a rub right now a very political unfortunately political rub between county commissions uh and public health departments who know public health departments making decisions based on science and the need to respond to a virus that does not care whether you're a conservative or a liberal and you know this misinformation that's been you know just penetrated uh our society and the the commission commissioners being put in a difficult position politically, and or through their own beliefs that um, you know some of them may not feel the need to pass on additional funding. So, it's a, it's a yeah, tricky tricky think, situation.
2: You know we want this virus and in, in um, the solutions for the virus to not be political, but we very much see that they are. And you know even in Boone County. Having stated that we are receiving, you know, 21 million of those CARES funding, we've heard that the the county health department is going to receive just shy of 2 million of that, which is less than 10 percent of the funding. So when we think about, you know, where the money is going when this is a public health crisis and knowing that public health and the economy are so linked, um, we also, you know, we made some national news with Governor Parsons announcing that he was going to put some of that money towards promoting tourism for our state. Um, thoughts in, about where we are putting the CARES money right now?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I encourage people, um, listeners, to go to the Treasurer's website at treasurer.mo.gov backslash um, coronavirus um, And they can people can track uh, how that how this federal money is being spent in the state of Missouri right now. And they can they can see where the expenditures are going. Um, You know, on we had that discussion yesterday about, you know, how this has become politicized. I serve as the ranking minority member on the um, special committee for disease control and prevention uh, that popped up as a result of the. COVID-19, the coronavirus, and we met with uh, Commissioner Van Deven of Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, uh, Dr. Randall Williams, uh, Director of uh, Health and Senior Services, and then School Board Association, uh, the State School Board Association, as well as some superintendents who are there to talk about, you know, plans to reopen schools and, and what those plans may look like across the state and how they're going to be uh, individualized per district. And one of my questions for Commissioner Van Deven, Um, kind of came across as part of my frustration uh, with the administration in that there is no mask mandate for schools um, at the state level. And so you have districts across the state. And, and she couldn't respond. She didn't have the numbers on how many school districts in the state would not require school districts. But we know it's not 100% uh, require masks. It's not 100%. And my question is, why is it not 100%? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's no disrespect to Commissioner Van Dieve, And I think she does a, a fantastic job. I know that's not necessarily a decision that she can make. Um, but it is a decision that the administration can make. And Randall Williams can make. Uh, Governor Parson can make to mandate mask. And I fully believe that, you know, in-person class is classes done safely, is the route to go. Um, but we have to make sure it's done safely. And when, when we know that masks are necessary, um, when you can't social distance, and even in certain cases, probably when you can't social distance, mask not requiring masks in schools is is a recipe for um, disaster and in my opinion to mandate masks is a no-brainer
2: well you know and we have yet to mandate masks throughout the entire county of boone Um, you know it's still just specific to the columbia city limits um you know and when we look across at -at stay-at-home orders and i know that we've talked about this a lot on the show but You know, 20 states have um, closed bars within their state. Um, Many, many states have mask mandates throughout the state. We're a state that has only made recommendations thus far. Um, Representative Kendrick, what are some of the recommendations or the requirements that you see in other states? You know, this is a little bit off budget, but as we think about how tied public health is to the economy and uh, for us to continue in the direction we're going, what are some of the mandates that you would like to see in our state?
1: Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's exactly—it's—it's it's very much related to the budget. It's very much related to the economy. You can't separate the two at this point. Um, the lack of the lack of action in the state of Missouri, and you know, the lack of clarity coming down from the state level, uh, is going to lead to increased cases. And you know, in coming weeks and months, as schools reopen, as colleges reopen. I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say we're going to see a pretty rapid increase in cases of coronavirus across the state of Missouri. Um, And, you know, that's going to continue to obviously affect people's health. It's also going to impact consumers' confidence. It's going to impact the economy, uh, you know, as people get out and spend less, or as you know, certain areas of the state may become potentially locked down again, or, or regions, or schools aren't in session because of outbreaks. Um, there's going to be a very real economic hit that is even more significant than what we're currently experiencing now. Um, and you know, not requiring masks in schools, not having a more clear direction on requiring masks at the state level. Uh, and you know there are several other decisions that could have been made that that would uh, that would help us get this under control. And and you know the case counts should have been better managed prior to the fall and the return to school and the return of college because if you don't get it under control before then it's um, it's going to be difficult to control the outbreaks once you do see these return of of, of school age children and, and college students.
2: So thank you, Representative Kendrick. Last thoughts on as we go into finalizing and trying to fill the holes in fiscal year 2021 and fiscal year 2022, looking, as you mentioned, even worse. Um, We're a low-tax state. Um, We've always had struggles. Um, You guys have to balance the budget, and clearly it's not yet. Um, Final thoughts um, in this really dire situation that we're in.
1: Yeah, call your United States senators. Tell them to get their act together. Uh, we the the lack of action in the Senate right now is is mm-hmm. very problematic. Uh, I understand the concern of the national debt. Listen, I'm concerned about the national debt for not only our generation but for our kids' generation. Now is not the time to be all of a sudden be worried about the deficit. They should have worried about that prior to passing the you know tax cut that benefited the wealthiest now is not the time. They have to help local and state governments. They have to in- expand and uh, and have that unemployment insurance remain in effect for people. Uh, they're playing a very, very dangerous game in a very delicate time. Uh, they've got to get their act together. It's, it's unbelievable that nothing has passed out of there at this point.
2: Thank you so much for your time, Representative Kendrick. Um, Peter, back to you in the studio, and thank you to the KOP listeners for um, joining us for Community Pulse today. Representative Kip Kendrick from the 45th District.
0: Thank you very much, Jenny, and thank you very, very much to our special guest, Representative Kip Kendrick, who was so kind enough to give us his time this morning. Again, we apologize as we're a little bit behind. The state legislature has many, many priorities, but we are so very grateful that he could join us here on KOPN this morning. Thank you also to our listeners, listeners to your listener-supported and volunteer-operated community radio station. We value your input. Uh, please give us a call at 573-874-1139 or email us at gm at kopn.org we want your questions, your comments your insights related to programming here on KOPN to the coronavirus pandemic in Mid-Missouri and indeed everything, that's why we are your community radio station we thank you very much for listening to your community radio station 89.5 FM, Mid-Missouri source for in-depth news, diverse talk and music of the world, so so very much more than radio so pleased and proud to be your listener supported and volunteer operated community radio station you can catch community pulse at uh, 9am live here from the KOPN studios monday through thursday our backdated episodes are then uploaded to our website kopn.org kopn.org you can also find them on our facebook profile and spotify and apple podcasts there is a programming note to remind you of we will be doing community pulse Uh, live from the KOPN studios next week as well 9 a.m. Monday through Thursday but after that, week after next that is Community Pulse will be airing twice a week Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m and then it will be followed by two new half-hour programs, Between the Lines on Mondays and 51% on Wednesdays, and Background Briefing, which you will hear an abridged version of now, will be returning to airing in its entirety on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. On tomorrow's program... Dr. Elizabeth Alleman will be interviewing Brian Crosby. The topic will once again be outdoor classes for schools. If you'd like a quick refresher on that topic, Tori Kausenbaum was interviewed by Dr. Alleman yesterday, and that is up there on our archives. Well, quite the soliloquy there, but there was a lot of information to get out. We thank you once again for tuning into Community Pulse. Please stay safe. Please stay informed. And Columbia, please cultivate a cheerful confidence in your body's ability to fight an infection.